0: They will What is it? The note sheet is on the app and on the home page. Right, but I think it won't print from the app. I think you have to print it from the home page. Is that correct, Ms. Toby? Correct. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't able to print it from the app, but I believe you can print it from that. So if you want to take a moment to do that while we get set up and get prepared and go through announcements, you can certainly do that so you'll be ready. Amen. Can y'all help me appreciate the praise? (laughs) Amen, 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 amen. Okay. What is it? Taylor says she has something she wants to share. What is it? What is it? She said it popped in her head. Well, I believe that. She just popped in her head. I believe God put it there. Come on Yeah, lift your my hand. Amen. advisory, and uh, they're concerned that we will be over, that the, the hospitals will be uh, overloaded and at capacity. When that happens, people who need care will not be able to get it. So we, we still have some room in Houston for um, people who need to be in intensive care or need to be on a respirator. There's still room for that. But um, Sister Pat sent me something this morning. I don't know if Pat's watching. She might be uh, doing something else, but she sent me this uh, this, this this morning about the you know, the danger of face masks. you know, and, and I wasn't aware of this, but it's a mask is supposed to be used for a limited time. You wear it for a long scary, but with praise and worship, you can, you know, put your mask under your, under your chin or, or just um, don't wear it. Don't wear it in your car. You know, sometimes I put it on and forget I've got it on. You know, you get used to it. You forget that you have it on. So um, don't wear it. Just, just reduce the use of it um, while you're isolated. Amen. Most times. So stay safe. But do wear your mask when you go out. Listen, that stops the spread more than anything. If you will wear your mask when you go out, we have to go to the shop. We have to go shopping. We have to go to the gas station. There are places that are essential that we have to go. So they're asking for us to stay home. Um, So we've we've decided to scale our our, or just go back to our wonderful online experience. So um, I'm asking you guys this morning if you would just blow up our, wherever you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Facebook. I need everybody who's watching to just comment and just say, um, you know, this morning we're going to talk about being covered in crisis. So just in anticipation, would you just send me a text or send me a message that says, I'm covered in crisis this morning. Yeah. Just write that out and send that as, a, as a, a message so that I know that you're watching and I know that you're a part Um, This morning. Okay, Um, let's see if there was any other things that I wanted to mention. Okay, Here's, here's something that's pretty interesting. It says how to know that you're infected with the coronavirus. Number one is an itchy throat. Number two is a dry throat. Number three is a dry cough. Number four is a high temperature. Number five is shortness of breath. And number six is a loss of smell. And uh, this is very interesting here. am not sure if it's true, but it's, it's worth a try. It says, and lemon with warm water eliminates the virus at the beginning before reaching the lungs. Do not keep this information to yourself, provide it to all your family and friends. So, you know, get you some lemons or some lemon juice and, and have lemon juice with warm water. I guess it says that it helps. We don't know that it doesn't. It couldn't hurt if you tried it. So <laughs> just going to put that out there for you. Thank you, Sister Pat, for sending that in amen amen all right well let's get to um, the rest of the announcement this morning we'll get right to the um, right to the word you know be sure also to wash your hands Um, you know the Lord has just reminded me to wash my hands more often lately and I believe that's one of the main ways that it spreads is by just not washing your hands and then touching your face or touching your nose specifically so um, we're going to wait until the the curve is flattened and until um, the numbers begin to go down and it's safe and we'll be coming back to church. I will let you know when we're ready. Listen, Monday night, I'm so excited that um, Apostle Hilliard is not able to go out and do the faith tours that he normally goes to different churches and does the faith tour all over the country. Well, he is uh, going to be doing them a virtual faith faith tour on Monday night at 7 p.m. You can watch at accelerationchurch.com slash live or on Facebook Live. And Kevin, I sent you that... Um, email this morning did you get it yeah I sent you an email this morning with the instructions yes yeah, so I believe it'll be on our Facebook live acceleration church Facebook live uh, we will probably go live also on my Facebook if that if that works I, I haven't had it and I'm putting Kevin on the spot because it, it'll be on both okay so we can put it on both and on our acceleration.com live page Okay, wonderful, be in three different places. So I'm excited. We're gonna have ministry like three times this week. I'm excited about that. Hallelujah! So Monday night is the faith tour with Bishop Hilliard, and we are a host church. So we're going to uh, broadcast it from our Facebook page, and then this third, uh, this Wednesday night. Apostle Williams and I, again, will be um, having the conversation about black and white. So um, you want to join us on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And then this Thursday at 7 p.m., we're going to have Bible study on Facebook Live. Now, that's for this Thursday. But next Thursday, I want to do a Zoom video fellowship. So I need for everybody, you've got a week, uh, a week and a half to download the Zoom app. So everyone's got the Zoom app. So, Kevin, do you have a video or something Okay, do you have some instructions to let people know what they need to do as far as um, being a part of this Zoom fellowship? I think you number one thing you have to do is download the Zoom app, and it's going to be a video, um, uh, live, live uh, video fellowship. It's really cool, because you can see everybody else, and uh, if you wave, they see you wave. If, you've, if you're eating, like the other day I was eating watermelon, and Bishop, and they were like, what are you eating, Pastor Sally? <laughs> I'm <laughs> eating watermelon while i'm in the meeting, so I'm at home, so why not? But we can see your pets, you can see our pets, whatever it's just a good good way to fellowship um together so that we can see each other while we're um sort of semi quarantined this time so download the the uh zoom app and then Kevin will have an instructional video for you. Hopefully this week, but pretty much that's it. Just download the app. You'll get a link. You tap on it, and we'll send out a link on on a text blast. We'll send out a link on a text blast when we're going live with the Zoom, and you tap it. It'll open the Zoom app and put you right in there. You just okay. I was just making sure it wasn't Holy Spirit. I was going (laughs) to (laughs) stop. It was the glory, (laughs) Amen. Okay, so that's it with our. um, Unless I forgot anything, you've got your notes and apply His Word. I'm about to know better, so that I may do better have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything that the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, come on, shout amen this morning. All right, send me an amen on, on Facebook. Send me an amen right quick so I know... That, uh, that you're with me, that you said your, um, your faith declaration and you're with me. Amen. All right. Well, let's get ready to get into the word. We are focused on the manifested glory of God. He spoke this year at the beginning of the year that this would be the year of his manifested glory. We had no idea that COVID-19 was coming. We had no idea that um, a lot of the the, the tensions and things that are in the earth right now, specifically in America we had no idea that, that George Floyd situation was going to happen, we had no idea, but I'm telling you the stage has been set for God to be glorified, and, and I'm actually almost even a little excited about this code red, why? Because I know that that anytime there's crisis all throughout the word of God, crisis was an invitation for God to come in and show himself big and strong, so I'm excited about seeing the manifested glory of God right in the middle of a mess amen because it was throughout scripture that you see God showing up in um, in uh, crisis type situations so I want to talk to you about how God has us covered in this crisis because I'll be honest and vulnerable with you Um, you know I was excited that we had made a semi-comeback and you know the comeback has always got to be greater than the setback so I was excited that we had at least made a a, a semi-comeback in the church and we had like you know almost Uh, half of what we normally have in church. So I I thought, praise God, we're making progress. But then here comes this code red thing. And I was just like, God, my goodness. So that we have to, you know, do the right thing and and stay home and watch online. But see what God is um, getting the word of God. But we have to just be diligent to continue to make sure that we show up to hear the word, amen, and for us at home now, that means that we show up, a lot of us have showed up here today, but, but we have to show up at home, we have to show up at a place where we normally are kicked back and laid back, normally we get dressed, and we get in the car, and we drive to church, and we have an anticipation as we get here, you know, but, but from home, it's different, so we have to be very intentional, Say that word, everybody, intentional. We have to be very intentional about stirring up the word of God, making sure that we don't put it off and say, well, I'll get to it. Because... Things happen, and things come up, or you take a nap, or whatever we do during this uh, quarantine time, you know, we can, we can put it to the back burner, and that's never what we should do. God wants to be first place in our lives, amen, and we have to put the word first place. So um, it was a little bit distressing to me at first, but I had to get myself together. I had to have a talk with myself and say, wait a minute. God has not changed his mind about anything. God is not surprised about the code red uh, situation. He's not surprised. He already knew. And he's already got a future. He's already got a hope. He already has a plan. He already has provision. He already has healing. He already has He already has absolutely everything that we need already planned out. In the middle of this crisis, he's already got it covered. Can you say that? He's got it covered. Write me a text that says, send me a message that says he's got it covered. He's got the crisis covered. It's all covered. He knows what he's doing. All we have to do is to keep showing up and being faithful. Amen. Amen. So let's look at responding to crisis. I want us to know that we're covered in crisis, and this will be a a series of more than one lesson. But I want to talk about how we respond, because I almost messed up yesterday by responding, you know, with frustration. And that's not how we should respond to crisis. It can be frustrating, but we have to on on purpose be intentional about shifting ourselves back towards faith. Amen. And also, really, to get to the place where I'm, I'm just in anticipation of God doing something amazing. Amen. All right. So let's look at responding to crisis. Number one, we have to get it settled in our heart and understand in our minds that crisis is part of life. Crisis is part of life. You're not going to ever be able to um, escape it. It is part of life. Trouble knocks on everybody's door. It is a part of life. John 16, See, the devil wants you to feel like, well, your situation is isolated and you're the only one. But the Bible clearly tells us, but there's no test. There's no trial. There's no situation that you could ever come in contact with that is not common to man. Other people, in other words, other people going through the same thing. And so we have to decide that uh, just like the word says, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted, tried, or assayed more than you can bear and will with the trial also provide a way of escape a way out that you may be able to bear it. So don't let the devil tell you that you're the only one. You, you know, that's, that's a lie. That's a, a lie from the devil. You are not the only one. Other people are struggling as well, and other people are, are um, you know, in, a, in this crisis with us. So crisis is a part of life. John sixteen I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. So Jesus is letting us know so that right through the crisis we can have perfect peace, and perfect confidence, that's a good place to say amen. amen, in the world, you have tribulation, and trials, and distress, and frustration, but be of good, she- for I have overcome the world, I have deprived it of power to harm you, and have conquered it for you, so God has already provi- uh, 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 already conquered COVID-19, and he has already deprived it of power to harm you, amen, so can you just say that COVID, say that COVID, does not have power power. to harm me. Hallelujah. So crisis, let's look at what crisis is. Crisis is an intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. It's a time when a difficult or important decision must be made. It's a turning point. I really want to focus on that fact this morning, that crisis can be a turning point. Crisis can be an opportunity. The Chinese symbol for crisis and opportunity is the same symbol. So it, take your crisis and decide. Okay, God, there's an opportunity in this somewhere. Let me see it. Open my eyes to see what it is you want me to see in this crisis. So it's a decision. I love that it says that it's uh, it's a time when a, when a difficult or a decision must be made. And the first decision is how I'm going to react to this. Am I going to get frustrated? Am I going to get upset? Am I you know? Or am I going to shift myself into faith? So number two, God will use crisis to move you into a new season. So number two, God will will use crisis to move you into a new season. So he will take a crisis and it will be a vehicle, literally, to move you into a new season, into a new level. You know, he says, stretch out your tent pole. stretch out. I want you to stretch out the way that you're thinking because this crisis is actually going to be a blessing. When you think about Joseph and how Joseph's brothers on purpose threw him in a pit, on purpose pulled him out. They thought about killing him. But Reuben said, no, we can't kill him. And, and Judah said, well, let's just sell him to the, to the Ishmaelites. And so they sold their brother for 20 or 30 pieces of silver and sent him into a place of uh, slavery. Into a, this this uh, favored son of Jacob is now sent to be a slave in a foreign land. He doesn't speak the, the language. He, he is he's just everything. is He's discombobulated and just sent into a, a season of frustration. But God used it as an opportunity to um, raise Jacob up to the place that he had purposed him to be, and, and it raised him up to a place where he could actually save the brothers that threw him in the hole. The crisis but Joseph's season was just beyond the crisis the crisis was a deliverer to get him to the place that God needed it to be so your setback might actually be a set up see God led the children of Israel into a new season by a pillar of cloud by day or a pillar of fire by night he led them he led them and where did he lead them he didn't lead them into the land flowing he led them into the wilderness into a crisis, into a place where there was no water, there was no food. Why? Why would God send them into a crisis like that? Because I'll give you water. Moses, strike the rock. Boom. How many of you ever seen water come out of a flinty rock? It doesn't happen. But God provided them with water. We're hungry. Okay, you're hungry. There's nothing to eat. You see there's nothing to eat? I'm your provider. And he rained down manna for them and the would rain down food just literally rained down tasted like coriander seed hallelujah been ready to go into a promised land at first but they had to take him to the place where they would learn to trust him they would learn to know him you know I believe in this season God is moving God is moving and we can't get left behind God is moving God is on the move if you hadn't noticed God is moving When the church is completely discombobulated and and everything is changed like it has, God is moving. He's saying, pay attention. Exodus 13, 21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. So that cloud led them, but it led them into a new season. Number three, crisis and change will stretch you. You know your crisis and your enemy is a better friend to you than your friends are. Oh, you ought to send them a bouquet of flowers. You ought to send them some chocolate. You ought to send them a great big thank you note for every person who persecuted you, every person who's hurt you, every person who sent you into a crisis. You ought to thank them for it. Send them a thank you note because it's, it, it becomes a season of stretching. It comes a season of are you going to believe what they say or God says are you going to believe what I say? Are you going to believe the circumstances or are you going to believe I called you for today? Are you going to believe what's going on? Or are you, are you going to tr- sometimes change comes camouflage in a and better, Isaiah 54, 2 through 3, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you shall expand to the right and to the left. So God in our crisis, he will stretch us and he tells us to stretch out so you can receive it. You know, we have to be prepared to receive the new wine. This new thing that God is doing, everybody at home, listen to me this morning. You have to be prepared to receive the new thing God is stretching us he's moving he's doing something different, so we got to say, God, you know, empty me of empty me of the last season empty me let let that all be in the rear view. Paul says this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I, I press on towards the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus it's an upward call so yesterday's wine won't cut it for today we got to have the new wine hallelujah and if you're going to have the new wine the Bible says that you have to be a new wineskin you have to be ready and able to receive it oh my god I know I'm preaching good this morning Matthew 9 17 says neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins If they do, the skins will burst and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. God has got you covered. You you will be preserved as as long as we can be a new lump, as long as we can be a new wineskin, as long as we can be ready to receive the new impartation and the new thing. Amen. Amen. So Genesis fifty twenty 20 with, with uh, Joseph where his crisis became an opportunity for the greatness of God to emerge in him, but for it, it was for God's purpose and for God's plan. The crisis became an opportunity. Let me say it again. The crisis became an opportunity. The crisis became an opportunity. Genesis 50-20 says, Don't you see? You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, life for many people. Wow. What makes the difference in crisis is how I choose to respond to it. That makes all the difference. Number four, your blank is respond. What makes the difference in crisis is how I choose to respond to it. Are you going to react or are you going to respond? Don't allow yourself to be robbed of the choice. The moment you do that, you become a victim. And we are not victims. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. You cannot be a victim and a victor at the same time. You can't be pitiful and powerful. You've got to choose. Am I going to be pitiful or am I going to be powerful? Hallelujah. So we choose to be powerful. But it's a choice that we make. You know, I know we all trip for a minute in the beginning. But, you know, it gets to where it is just your reaction to say, okay. To so just kind of go with the flow. Okay. All right. What, what are we going to do here, God? How are we, how we going to handle this? Amen. So how, how, whether I respond or whether I react, we make the choice to react. Look at the definition of react. React means to behave in a particular way in response to something. It means to respond with hostility or opposition, a reaction, an action and a reaction, action, reaction. But to respond is to say something in reply. It means to react quickly or positively to a stimulus or treatment. So to respond is more positive than it is to react because in your reaction, you may do the wrong thing, react in the wrong way. And I believe as you react, I believe to react is to be in the flesh. To respond is to be in the spirit. Amen. So we respond in in faith, and that way we're never a victim. The moment that you take on a victim mentality, you have decided to waste the crisis. (laughs) You're going to think about that at 2 o'clock this morning and say hallelujah, amen. But the moment you take on a victim mentality is is the moment that you've decided to waste the crisis. You know, if i got to go through a crisis, you know, I don't want to waste it. If it's supposed to be a vehicle that takes me to another level, then I don't want to waste it. I want to make sure I respond in the right manner. So here's a wisdom nugget for you. I hope I put it on your page. Did I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I have an ability to not be controlled by life, but to control life. Is it on your blank? I believe it is. Put it in. So through the power of the Holy Spirit... Amen. I have the ability to not be controlled by life, but to control life. Amen. So how do we control life? James 3:2 tells it. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. The things that we say out of our mouth, death and life. Proverbs 18:21. Death and life is in the power of our tongue, So we don't want to get in, in agreement with the crisis and get in agreement with death, but we want to align ourselves with the life choice and speak life out of our mouths. If we can control our tongues in a crisis, that's a, that's a, a mark of maturity. That means you've come a mighty long way. Amen. It, it took me a minute to get there. <laughs> it took me a minute, but I'm here. Hallelujah. 26 years later, here I am. Glory to God. So, Paul said, listen to this, Paul Paul, Paul was um, in Acts chapter 20, he's talking about how in every city I visit, the Holy Spirit says that chains and tribulation awaits me. So he knows that he's about to go into some issues. He's about to go into some problems. He's going to be chained. He's going to go into some issues where he's going to have some tribulation. And uh, so listen to what he says in Acts 20, 24 after he talks about how chains and tribulation, the Holy Spirit, everywhere somebody was given a word of knowledge. Somebody was speaking prophetically and saying, Paul, you're about to go in chains. You're about to go into tri- great tribulation. You know, I hate those kind of words. I hate it. I like it. I bind you in Jesus' name. <laughs> But sometimes God is giving you a heads up and letting you know, and that's what's happening here with Paul. When you're mature, you can handle it because look how he responds. He doesn't react. He responds. See, we, we react and say, oh my God, oh my God, say, I'm going to go to jail. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is awful. But Paul doesn't respond that way. Paul responds. He doesn't react. Acts twenty twenty four. he says, but none of these things move me. In other words, I'm going to stay focused on Christ Focused on my assignment and in this season. And that's the thing that God had to talk to me about last night and about yesterday. It's like, hey, your assignment hasn't changed. Just the method has changed a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The method method is changing, but God says, I have not changed my mind about using you. Praise the Lord. He hasn't changed his mind about you either, or the words and the things that he's spoken over your life, about your purpose in life. It has not changed. Just our method has changed. Amen. And uh, just just as long as this crisis lasts. So don't let it move you. What does the word move mean? It means to make me, break me, or to direct me. So whatever you're going through, this crisis does not have the power to move you, doesn't have the power to break you, and it cannot direct you hallelujah you decide you set a course correction put your mouth in line with what god's word has said what it's what he said you know 17 18 years ago i'm still focused on it god you have not changed your mind psalm 16 8 through 9 i have set the lord this is david talking david said i have set the lord always before me because he is at my right hand i shall not be moved i shall not be moved I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. Verse 9, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Now you look at that right there. When you look at that, when he says, I have set the Lord always before me. He's at my right hand, so I shall not be moved. When you make it up in your mind, I am not going to be moved right through the crisis. Look what happens. My heart is glad, my glory rejoices, and my flesh rests in hope. I don't have to be stressed out. I don't have to be stressed out. I don't have to be wringing my hands and worrying night and day. I can lay back and rest and say, thank you, God. I know you've got a plan and you've got this. Long as I hear your voice, long as I fill up with your word and I stay in the spirit, we're going to walk through this and come out victorious. Amen? Amen? So it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle what happens to you. You can decide to respond in faith so you can relax like David did. So I can still live my best life in the worst situation. That's good news. That will set you free this morning. I can still live my best life in the worst situation. I'm still living my best life in the worst situation. Why? Because God is still on the throne. That has not changed. Everything around you might have changed, but what really matters has not changed. What he said about you, he's still going to do it. What he's promised at his word, he's still able to perform it. So it has not, not, what really matters hasn't changed. God is still the King of Kings, He is still the Lord of Lords. He is still God Almighty. He is still El Shaddai, All Powerful and Almighty God, and nothing is too hard for Him. Hallelujah! If we can just believe, nothing will be impossible. So we rest in faith during a crisis. Paul decided that he'd be happy in the crisis. He 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 decided how he would, what his what his demeanor would be. He decided that he would think himself happy. Acts twenty six two. I. Think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all things of which I am accused by the Jews. It is a terrible thing to feel accused by someone of something that you did not do. That is probably one of the worst things, worst persecutions and things that can happen to you is that, that uh, someone has, has falsely accused you. I can't imagine or even, even understand how people have been on death row for 20 years and they're innocent. They're innocent, but Paul decided, think myself happy, so when you use your ability to respond, you have control for a maximized life. I have control. I can, my life is maximized because I control the way that I respond to situations, not just react. Amen. Number five, don't pray the crisis away, but pray for strength in the inner man. You know, because some things we can go through can be difficult, They can be difficult. This is really an inconvenience and a learning curve, you know, to do things differently. And it's really making opportunity. I really feel like I've been pressed and pushed into a corner and a place that is going to make something that God put in me emerge. Television stuff that has been on my heart for years. I've just never done it, never had an opportunity to do it. Now the world is watching. Now it's time to do those things that God's called me to do didn't think it looked like this but neither did we think the salvation would look like a man a, a, the son of God dying and bleeding on a cross that he's God he's God so don't pray the crisis away not, not I'm not crazy I'm not saying bring the crisis on I'm not doing that because that's just stupid But what I'm saying is, don't pray it away, but pray for strength. Give me strength in the inner man to rise up so that I can rise up and be a leader. I can rise up and show others how it's done. Ephesians 3.16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Message translation, I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength amplified may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory think about the treasury of God Woo and the strength and the glory and all that he has for us may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced I've just felt as I began to work on this sermon as I began to just minister to, y'all don't mind that I ministered to myself as I was building this sermon for y'all that I was reinforced, I feel strengthened, I feel re- I feel at peace, I feel happy, I'm not stressed out, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited, I'm excited. I'd be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Glory to God. So we can't get that strength being disconnected. We can't get that strength being lazy. We can't get that strength by putting off um, gatherings together around the word at 1030 on Sunday morning with our church body. If you're not here, we miss you. If you're not watching online, we miss you. You miss us, we miss you. We have to get the strength that we get from one another. Amen? So we're abiding in the vine. As we abide in the vine, we have this strength and this stamina and this ability to bear the fruits of God. We're disconnected. We cannot do it. So we have to stay connected. We have to stay abiding in the vine even more so now. Listen, the Bible says even more so now, even more so now, as you see the day approaching. I was listening to to uh, YouTube videos yesterday of uh, uh, David Jeremiah and other pastors who talk about um, end times. And my God, we are living in the last days. We are living in the last minutes of the last days. So we can't afford to get lopped off the tree. We can, we do, we can, and you literally do that yourself. You choose to just not abide. Listen to John 15, 4 through 8, abide in me. That means stick. That means stay. That means live. You're not packing a bag for a trip. You are coming to stay. Amen. God has the right to tell us what to do. When we said yes to him, he thought you meant it. Come on, so he's, he's called us to abide, not just visit. We can see some of us are dating God. <laughs> on, it's a big difference in dating God and being married to God. We are the bride of Christ. So we during this time, don't let the devil draw you off. Don't let the devil get you to say, well, I'll just watch later. or I'll just, you know, put that off. And then, you know, before you know it, you've napped or, or you've done all day long and, and you didn't get the word. No, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Okay, yeah, tomorrow is another day. You can do it tomorrow. But we really have to be a lot more careful and fastidious about being sure that we are abiding in the vine. So he says, abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And this is part of the fruitfulness that we, that we um, show during a, a, a crisis and during, you know, situations that are uncomfortable, is that we show the fruit of God. As we abide in him, this is a time for fruitfulness. This is a time for faithfulness. Hallelujah. This is a time for faithfulness. You know, all all those things. But faithfulness is important that that we stay faithful. You know, this is a time of shaking. Don't get shaken off. He says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. They gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. And if you abide in me and my words abide in you, You'll ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you'll be my disciples. When I was at prayer on Wednesday with the group in Humble, where we're um, praying for revival, we were standing outside, um, this was Wednesday before last, and as I'm standing there in this circle in this group, there's a big tree next to us, and I hear the spirit of God tell me to turn around and look behind me and as we're all praying I just turn around and look behind me and next to the tree there's a stack of branches that have been cut off of the tree and those branches had begun to wither the leaves were drooping and uh, God said this is what the devil is trying to do to the church this is his agenda this is what he's doing this is designed by him to to um, divide and disconnect people from the from the vine of God so even more than ever, even more than ever, we have to really focus on, on abiding in the vine and filling up with the word and staying connected to one another. That's part of being a believer is staying connected to one another. So that's why I'm offering these more opportunities for us to visit with one another as a church um, online. Amen. So we have to value spiritual connection, the importance of it. We got to stick together. I'm telling you, um, the, I value the importance of my spiritual connection with my bishop. I, I don't want to miss a time when I can sit at his feet and hear the word that comes from him. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm connected to him. It was a spiritual connection. It is a spiritual connection that you are connected to me and that you are connected to Acceleration Church. It is a spiritual connection. It is a God thing. And so we have to value it. We have to really place a tremendous value on where God set you. The Bible says that he sets the members in the body. Just families and churches stick together in all kinds of trouble. The early church stuck together. They prayed for each other. They, they saw signs and wonders and miracles. Amen. So number six, what is in you is what comes out of you in crisis. So we can't wait until you get in crisis to get a word. I got to keep the word stored up on the inside of me. I got to live saturated in his word. And the Holy Spirit's always speaking a word or speaking something to us. As I was studying last night, Holy Spirit spoke a word to me. that I'm like, what is that? And he spoke it again, spoke it again. I'm like, okay, I'll go look at it. So he's always speaking something to you for a purpose, for a purpose. So we listen to that still small voice because what is in you, what he puts in you is and what you are Uh, uh, diligent to put in yourself that's what comes out of you in crisis so I'm not the product of an environment or an event life will lie to you I am who God says I I am I am I know who I am and I know whose I am amen and I have to be stable and fixed in that when I'm in a crisis you know I am a spirit man you are a spirit man I'm a spirit woman spirit man but we're all the same in the spirit is that I'm a spirit person created by God and I'm I'm uh, making my way through a human experience. So crisis itself is not the real challenge. It's how do I cope with the stress of the situation? Stress. What is stress? It's an emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. It's an internal physiological response to troubling situation. They call it the fight or flight Thing You know, when you come into a situation where, you know, it's troubling to you. Sometimes it can just be emotionally troubling. It can be, you know, that something happened. Somebody left you. Somebody did something to you. You got fired or, or you had a wreck or, or uh, you've been injured or you've been sick or something happens. It's like the stress of the situation is what we need to learn how to handle, because, you know, we can't be immature and let stress just run all over us, because your body reacts to stress. It is a physiological situation. Your heartbeat picks up, you begin to um, uh, release adrenaline into your body, and too much of that can make you sick. Too much of that can affect your, your immune system. So we have to learn how to handle stress in crisis. Amen. So, um, The Holy Spirit, through the word of God, has given you coping mechanisms. And the best coping mechanism is knowing the word of God. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Message translation says, but no weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged. Hallelujah. You are always in charge of your internal response hallelujah, Paul and Silas had been locked in the inner dungeon, in the inner dungeon, they were stripped naked, beaten with many stripes, so they're naked, they're beaten up, they're bloody, they're, they're in chains and in stocks, in the dark, in the cold, I don't know, in a prison for just preaching the word, but the Bible says their internal response was not to their stress, because about midnight, they began, began to sing praises to God. They began to sing hymns and remember the word of God. And when they did that, when they began to, their crisis turned upside down. The jail was rocked. The doors were open. Everybody's chains fell off because they decided to respond rather than react to the situation. Can't you see an opportunity here for Silas to say, Paul, I told you not to fool with that girl. Didn't I tell you? Now, look at us. I told you not to mess with that girl. You know, you're always doing that. You're always trying to show off. You always got to show that you can cast a demon out or, or whatever. You know, so I can too. But you got to know when to shut up. You got to know when to leave stuff alone. Now look, look what you have I mean, that's a reaction to a a crisis, a reaction to a situation. But God has said no. You know, Paul and Silas got together, and they began to sing and to praise God. And it loosed their chains. And not only that, but the jailer got saved. There was a reason for them to be in the jail because God wanted the jailer and his family to get saved. He used a crisis to do it. (laughs) David was about to be stoned by his own men, broke, busted, and disgusted. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, got a plan together with God, went out, and recovered all. Amen. Because his response wasn't to get all stressed out and worried and hide and, and uh, be upset with the men and start a fight with them and internal fight. have, could have ended up in a civil war between the men because they were ready to kill David. But he got a plan together with God. Moses led 600,000. I was looking for the number last night. It was between 600,000 and 3 million. There's different schools of thought on how many people he actually led out of Egypt. Can you imagine the task of leading that many people out of bondage and into the wilderness? I can't imagine going with 12. I wouldn't want to be responsible for 12 whining people. But there were 600,000 to, 600, to 3 million disgruntled people. The Bible says that Moses' response was to pitch his tent outside the camp. Get along with God. Go up on the mountain for 30 days, whatever it takes, until he came down with his face shining with the glory of God. Amen. So, you know, sometimes we have to just steady ourselves. Ecclesiastes says you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. But uh, one thing in, in life that is blank here, if you can't embrace the consistency of change, you'll be stunted in your ability to be fulfilled in life and walk in purpose. That's powerful right there. If you cannot embrace the consistency of change, change is always going to come. We're always going to be changing. And if you, if you can't embrace that, you're going to be stunted in your ability to be fulfilled in life and to walk in your purpose. You know, people walk out of your life. You've got to know how to steady yourself. Amen. Philippians 128, 128 says, Not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Listen to the Amplified. It says, Do not for one moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries for such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and a seal to them of their impending destruction, but a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. I'm assured salvation. I'm assured deliverance from God. Glory to God. So number seven, change the stress of change into excitement to meet a new challenge okay, so I got fired from my job, okay, I got fired from my job, but that means, okay, I can grieve over that job, you know, rip the rearview mirror off, off, that's over with, I'm through with that, God obviously has something new for me, so the windshield is so big, look through the windshield with excitement and move forward, knowing that God has something better for me And my, I'm excited God, because that old thing is over, with. didn't like it anyway, amen, <laughs> So I'm ready for a new job. I'm ready for you to open up a, a door of opportunity that will blow my mind, God. I can, if I can imagine it, you can do bigger and, and, and more exceedingly and abundantly above all I could think, dream, or imagine. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so glory to God. I'm excited about the new content that we're going to put online. I, I just feel like, you know, this is going to propel me and us as a church to where we're supposed to be. Amen. We have to have a spiritual mind to do that. We have to have a spiritual mind. A spiritual mind if we're going to change the stress of a situation into excitement to meet a new challenge. Because sometimes we don't like change. I I really would rather it be like it was. Don't change my stuff. Don't change it. I liked it. Ephesians 4.23 says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God. Look at the message translation. And then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. So there's a constant war on the inside of us for a carnal mind and carnal thinking and spiritual spiritual thinking and a spiritual mind. Look at Romans 8, 5 through 7. For those who live according to the flesh set their what? Mind. Minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their, uh, set, uh, the live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Verse six, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. A carnal mind. When you're thinking carnal, when you're thinking in the flesh and you're getting all, you know, worked up and frustrated about change, you're thinking carnally. I've got to switch and think spirit minded. God, you've got something. This is a challenge, but I'm I'm in. When I said yes to you, I meant it. And that meant whatever challenge, whatever I come into, God, you have the right to glorify yourself in my challenge. Hallelujah. Whatever giant steps up, God, I got a rock and a rag ready for him. I'm ready with the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So the carnal man, the natural man, has no understanding or concept of God at all. The carnal man knows God, but he's moved by his five senses rather than being moved by the spirit. The spirit man has a mind that is moved by the spirit and the word of God. Philippians 2.5, you must have the same mind and attitude that Christ Jesus had. He looked at a crisis and he talked to it. the the disciples were all tripping out and uh, we're about to sink Jesus don't you care that we're sinking Jesus got up he had a different attitude Jesus didn't get worried he got up and yawned and said peace be still (laughs) Jairus' daughter y'all stop tripping she's not dead she's sleeping (laughs) little girl I say to you arise 5,000 hungry people you give them something to eat like Lord, you need to send them away. We only have five loaves and two fish. Really, you feed them. Well, we don't have enough. Bring it to me. Woo! Bring it to me. He says, "Here was his answer to the crisis: Bring me what you have. Bring me what you have." Matthew fourteen nineteen through twenty one. It says, "And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke." And gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. See, the problem is, is that we want, God, we want Jesus to bless, but we don't want him to break. See, oh God, bless it, but don't break it. Don't break it. See, sometimes he's got to break everything that's going on like it's been going on so that he can bless you with a new thing. He couldn't feed the 5000 until he took until he broke it. So you got to let him br- break it. You got to let patience have its perfect work. You got to let him break you. You got to let him break your situation. You got to let him mess the whole thing up so he can plant and do a new thing. Hallelujah. Doesn't that mean God have your way? I know when I got on my knees uh, uh, 26 years ago, ago at the age of 31, I said, God, you can have my life. I give you everything I am, everything that I have. I give it all to you. If you can use it, I'm yours. So that means that even in stuff I don't understand, stuff I've, I've walked through, every crisis, I've just kept on walking. Because I believe God is stretching me to an extreme place amen stretch me God to an extreme place let's do this you're gonna come out bigger you're gonna come out better I know who I am and I know whose I am glory to God I'm gonna stand strong and endure and I'll be brought forth as pure gold break me Lord put me in the fire Lord when I come out of the fire I'm gonna be pure God be purer than I was before I went in there's some fires I'd run back in to get what I got already amen if I if I needed to get it again I'd run back into that fire if I had to just so I could come out with what I came out with I came out purified I came out stronger I came out more mature I came out more blessed I came out with a sensitivity to God I didn't have before I came out strengthened I came out knowing that I know that I know that God's got me that he's got my back that he's got me covered in every crisis hallelujah Job 20 side, I have not de- I'm going to keep his way and I'm not going to turn aside from his way. I'm not going um, to depart from his commandment. And that word commandment means to his appointment, to his charge. You can't walk away from what he's called you to do. You can't walk away from what he's called you to do. What you going to do? What else are you going to do? I've even thought, well, Lord, you know, let somebody else do this. I could just go play golf with Murray and we'll just we'll live in Florida and Rhode Island have to be be just a wonderful life. I can't do that. I mean, at some point I'm gonna restructure my life and do that, but not yet. I'm not I'm not there yet. But the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing hallelujah faithful care god has promised to bring you through and when david was like go and recover god said go and recover all and that's exactly what he did and saul was king but saul was compelled because of a crisis because the people were unsettled paul was uh, saul was compelled to do something god said don't do he was compelled to do the wrong thing but david david See, Saul reacted, but David, beyond delay, beyond disgust, beyond disrespect of his, you got to reach beyond disappointment and say, God, I'm going to grab hold of courage and hold on to you, and I know that I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Amen. Grab a hold of courage. Go beyond, um, you know, um, disrespect. Sometimes the presence of God, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Courage is the praying, keep serving, keep loving, keep preaching, keep reaching, keep choosing life, keep standing, keep encouraging, just keep doing what you know to do. Stand and keep on standing. And when you've done all you can do to stand, stand therefore. Hallelujah. First Chronicles twenty-eight twenty it says, And David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good what? Courage. And do it. Do not fear or be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He got you covered, Solomon. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. He will not, I just want to, t- I get ex- responsible to get yourself in position for what God is doing. You're responsible to get yourself in position for what God is doing. Get in agreement with it and y'all let's rock it. Let's rock it. Hallelujah. So we're going to stand firm under pressure. Look at this. Listen to what David said. Psalm 121, 1 through 5. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Come on and say it with me. From whence comes my help. Verse 2. My help comes from the Lord. Come on, say it with me. Who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Verse 4. Behold, he who keeps Israel. But you know what? You need to cross that out and put your name there. Let's say it. Let's say it, and you just put your name there. Verse 4, Behold, he who keeps Sally shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord your God, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. If there's shade, then that means he's got me covered. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that you've got us covered in this crisis, that this this pandemic, that this covid-19, this coronavirus, Lord, it does not have power to harm us. You've already deprived it of power to harm. Lord, we thank you that that you protect us, that you cover us, that you talk to us, that you send us another direction, that Lord, you say, go this way, go that way. Don't touch your face, Lord, that we are sensitive to your voice. Lord, we we don't want to waste this crisis. But, Lord, we want to help us to let go of the things we don't want to let you break. Lord, we say break it, throw it so far behind us that we, we thank you, Lord, for making us have the mind of Christ. Help us, Lord, no tester, to not let us come out of our mouth, because, God, we know that you've got our, our escape right on time, right on time. God, I pray connected to the vine, that we will abide in the vine, that we'll continue to be fresh and flourishing and continue to bear fruit, and our fruit will remain. Thank you, Father. I pray blessings over every person who's watching, God. I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless them and keep them and make your face to shine upon them, that, Lord God, you would cause them to be blessed in this. I need everybody watching online to say amen on the comments. Say amen. Send, send me some likes. Send me some love. I need to know y'all are watching. I want to go back and, and look. Your hair's looking nice today. I want to hear. I want to know that you were watching.